Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Emmaus One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Emmaus Road. Enjoy this week's message. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. All right. I'm going to read it in unison, starting on the count of three. One, two, three. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. You can go back to the title slide. So we are in a series that we walked up on about the secrets of discipleship because we talked about last week in Matthew 28 that Jesus said to go all into all the world and to make disciples. And sometimes we confuse that with converts. We think because somebody say, you know, I believe in Jesus, that that means that they are a disciple and that's not the case. And Jesus ain't necessarily coming back for converts. He's coming back for disciples. But the truth of the matter is that being a disciple is not easy. And learning what it is in the first place is also not easy. And I must admit that as long as I've been in churches and as many churches I've worked in, and I've worked in a few, that I I realize that a lot of people don't even tell you how to do this thing. We keep telling you what to do but we don't tell you how to do it. We'll tell you that it's not gonna be an easy road, but we don't tell you how to walk on the difficult road or the narrow road, as the Bible says. And so one of the things that I'm doing in this series is I'm breaking down the nuts and the bolts of how to sustain or how to be sustained as you walk and grow in your discipleship. And last week we talked about that one of the first keys to being a disciple of Jesus Christ is that you must get the equation, division, or whatever of I am over me. Last week we talked about you have to move to a place in your heart and your mind where you learn how to put the I am over you, your wants, your desires, your comfort. And so that's a part of the secret of discipleship. Once you figure out how to put Jesus over you, in practical everyday things, you are on your way. But that's not the only secret to discipleship. As soon as I started working on that one, the Holy Spirit began to work with me on this message. So we're still working with I am over me, but our focus today is on growth. Because one of the things that people don't understand is that growth is not necessarily fruit. That and whether it's an apple tree or a grapevine, that it goes through many stages before you see a bud or a fruit or a grape. It's been growing the whole time, but you don't see anything until a certain set of seasons and processes are over. And so we're going to talk about that this morning because growth is a secret of discipleship. And sometimes we get discouraged because we don't see fruit. He was like, Lord, I've been praying 
forever. I've been, I've been this, I've been doing that. And it's like, but you're growing. Sometimes we, we don't give ourselves enough credit for the growth. We're too busy looking at somebody else fruit, try, trying to be them. But let's think about it for a second. Five years ago, some of y'all might have knew two scriptures. Now you literally know a thousand. That's growth. Like that is, that is the kind of growth that God is doing. Two years ago, you maybe couldn't hold your temper for nothing. But now you, you know, know how to be mad on yourself <laughs> and be quiet. That's growth. And until you get to the fruit, you have to keep on growing. But Jesus teaches us some things on the way there. In John 15, Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, and he's beginning to teach them the last lessons that he would give them before he goes on to the cross. And so in this instance, he's, he's washing their feet, and he's telling them different things. And so one of the things that he tells them before he goes is he says, I am the true vine. And so we, we've talked about this before, that this was an agrarian culture. And so when he started talking to them about grapevines and different things and growth and fruit, they would immediately understand. And he tells him, he said, I'm, I'm the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. He is the one that tends to the vine. And here's the piece, you can go back to two, Sean, that really hit me. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He did not say every branch that's chilling out in the world. He said every branch in me. What that means is, yes, I can say I believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, I can. If you ask me, is there one God? I will tell you there's one God. You ask me his name or you ask me about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you about all of that. But what Jesus is telling his disciples, he said, every branch in me, if there is a branch that somehow made it into me but does not bear fruit, it says that the Father takes it away. It is not enough to find yourself in the company of Christians or Christianity. You found yourself in the right place, but Jesus says if you're not bearing fruit, that the Father takes it away. He says every branch that bears fruit. And he goes on, he's giving them, he's giving them some deep stuff through this metaphor. He's telling them that if you're in me and you don't bear fruit, then it's going to be taken away. Now, as he's talking to them, you got to understand that Judas is not dead yet. Judas walked with them. Judas stayed with them. Judas saw Peter walk on water. Judas saw the feeding of the 5,000. Judas saw Lazarus raised from the dead. He saw all of this. He was with Jesus, but he wasn't really with them. Therefore, he bared no fruit. And the truth of the matter is, Judas is going to break away. And every fruit, every uh, branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes it that it might bear more fruit. So if you are in him and you are bearing some type, you've grown to some type of fruit, it says that he's going to prune you. He's going to prune you so that you can bear more fruit. What that means is that Jesus is going to break some stuff 
off. He's going to snip some stuff, or some stuff you thought was growing well and it looked good. He gonna cut it right on off. The, the word in the Greek for prune literally means to clean. He's going to clean you. He's going to clean around you. He's going to clean up stuff that has no use for you. Why is he going to do this? Because if you go back into first century great production, if you will, whenever they would start to grow grapes, they would start with, they would bury it, and then they would, they would start and they would let it grow the first year. And then they cut away 90% of what was grown. 90%. They leave two main little things they call canes. And they take them, bend them on wire, and let them sit there so that they can begin to strengthen. And so the first year that you're growing grapes, you get some growth and then you cut it off. And then the next year comes and you know what you do again? Cut it off. And you don't really get grapes till year three. It takes three years to grow grapes because the, the, the vine dresser is going to let it grow in the seasons and cut it off. Let it grow and cut it off. And you're like, that makes no sense at all. Why am I being grown to be cut off? Here's what happens. If you do not prune a grapevine, then it will grow wild. Stuff start growing all over the place. What happens when it grows wild? It doesn't have a strong root system. If it does not have a strong root system, then when the grapes actually begin to produce, it literally is not strong enough to hold the weight of the grapes. And so it will break. So Jesus is saying, I'm not going to have you out here wild trying to grow fruit and then breaking under the weight of it. I'm going to prune you. If you're in me, I'm going to cut some stuff off. And it looked like I'm going to cut a lot off. Soon as I start growing, you start cutting. And then I, I wait, okay, you cut me. I'm going to grow another year. And you're going to cut some more. Here's the other secret, though, about the vine dresser. That second year when they cut, they are strengthening the root system. So the, the, the branches, if you will, are really, they get strong, right? But because they cut it off in the second season, more grapes come than would have come if they let it alone. The grapes, more comes, and they come stronger. The root system is stronger. The branches are stronger. And the, 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 the vine is able to hold up a whole lot more. And that is the process of growth. And it's not easy. And it's, it's not fun. And, and it don't make sense. But God always knows what he's doing. You don't know the end result. It says he knows the end from the beginning. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you have to, see, that's the thing about it. You have to walk it out, though. So that three years, you have to walk that out. You have to walk around looking like you ain't got nothing. You have to walk around looking like, you know, like you're not going to be what you are going to be. You have to, to, to let stuff break and not make sense. And you have to stick with Jesus through that whole entire period. And that's where you learn faithfulness. And as you learn that faithfulness in God, you are growing the whole time. 
you, you, we want to see fruit so quickly, but the truth is sometimes we're not ready for the weight of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Y'all know the rest, right? Long-suffering. You want to display that to the world to show you such a good Christian and you this and you that. But that stuff comes with weight. Like you want to show long-suffering? Guess what that means? You got to suffer long. You got to, in order for you to suffer long in God and stay faithful, you got to have a root system. You got to know that there is a source that I'm connected to that even though it don't look like nothing, I'm still being strengthened. And there's a source I'm connected to, and even though it don't look like nothing, he has a plan. That, that's to how you long suffer, but you can't show that until you're strong enough to do that, which is why you have to grow, which is why he said, I'm cutting this off. I'm cutting that off. I'm cutting this off. I'm cutting that off. And you're like, God, Lee, can't do nothing. Like, <laughs> Because this is what he said. Go forward, Sean, verse 3. Oh, I said I wasn't going to do that. My bad. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> verse 3. Jesus says, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Literally, in the Greek, pronoun means cleanse. When Jesus was in the upper room with them and Peter said, he said, I'm going to wash your feet. And in their time, the lowest servant in the house was the one who would wash the feet. And so now the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter said, no, you can't do that. You can't wash. I'm not going to allow you to wash my feet, Lord. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you ain't a part of me. You, ain't not, you don't have me in you. I'm not in you. You ain't in me. And then he said, you know, y'all know it was Peter dramatic. Well, wash all of me, Lord. No, I'm just washing your feet. <laughs> just your feet. You know, he's extra. But... What Jesus is saying is, is, is I'm going to cleanse you. That's what he was showing them disciples. I'm going to get low, low as the lowest servant would be that y'all know. And I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to cleanse you. When I'm pruning and cutting stuff off of you, I'm cleansing you. I'm making you better. I'm making you stronger. And so I have to do this to you even though it's not comfortable. I got to do it to you so that you can grow. Because if you're in me and you're not bearing fruit, you're going to be cut off. And he tells them, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. I'm pruning you to get to a result that I've already promised you. I'm pruning you to get to a place that I've already seen you in. You can't see yourself past your struggles. God does. You can't see yourself free, but God does. He said, it's already done. When, when, when I died on that cross, gave up the ghost, and came back into that tomb, I made you clean. You are already clean. You just got to walk it out. And you walk it out as I prune you. And he tells them, I've already made you clean. Here's how you walk it out. Abide in me. Abide in me. You got to stay in me and I in you. Because listen, this is why they get cut off. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You cannot do the things of God by yourself. People try. There are a lot of people, and they do a lot of stuff that they feel like is for God. But they don't have complete character. So that's what happens. You preach, but you ain't got no character, right? You out here saying all this stuff about Jesus, but you ain't got no integrity. And people see that, and they know it. And that ain't fruit that he made. Because he says the fruit that I give is going to remain. 
So you have to stay in him to bear this fruit. Because you can't bear fruit by yourself. Go forward. The grapevine needs the vine dresser. I am the vine, Jesus is telling them. Remember, he's in the upper room. He's preparing them because he's about to go. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. If you do not have a source, that is me, you cannot do nothing. I am the vine. The branches are coming off the vine. They get their source and their nutrients from the vine. That's why on a, a grapevine that some things have to be pruned because when it's not pruned, not only do they grow wild, but the, 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 the extra branches are taking the life energy. They're taken away from the, the nutrients and they're not helpful to anything, which means he cuts them off. And so what Jesus is saying is, I am the vine. I am the life energy. I am where you get everything from. I am the source. And without the source, you cannot do anything. And you need to know that. Because for them, I'm about to leave you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you. But I'm about to go in the physical way we've known this ministry of me walking around with you. So I need you to know that you got to stay in me, though, and you got to stay in the spirit. But I want you to know that all the stuff we've been doing together, that without me, you can do nothing. All this we've been doing a lot, miracles and feedings and, and all of that, and all of that is available to you. But without me, you can do nothing. So the formula is abide, grow, and then you get to fruit. But that is a, that's a process. And I, I was reading this week, and um, this author who I love that I've mentioned before, Mike Breen, he broke it down, and he talked about how, you know, you're going through these stages, and you're being pruned, and you're being made, and, and you know, you start out in one stage, and when you come to God, and you're so excited, and but you don't know nothing. You don't know not a thing, but you are excited. And then that pruning comes, and you lose your enthusiasm, and you lose your confidence, and you start to feel some type of way, and all of a sudden, this ain't so fun no more. See, the disciples got to a place where they're going to realize this thing's serious. <laughs> Not only is it serious, I don't even know what I'm doing. I mean, I know I've been following him, but I don't know what I'm doing. Like, what in the world? They don't have confidence. They lose enthusiasm. This is all a part of pruning. This is all a part of the growth process. Why do they need to go through this? Because they're going to have to learn to know that he's God. They have to learn and remember what he told them. Jesus told them, as I hear, I judge. So every morning when they got up and they was all stretching out and their breath stank and all of that, they would look around and where would he be? Nowhere to be found. Where he at? 
Y'all know he go up and pray at 5 o'clock in the morning. Because he said, as I hear, I judge. So he gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning and he abides. This is what Jesus did. He got up. He went to the Father and sat with the Father in the morning. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? Where are we going today? How shall I lead them today? What word do they need today? Five o'clock in the morning, y'all sleep. And he's up with the Father. And they remember, man, if he did that, I got to do that. I ain't saying you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. What I'm saying is you got to find time to get direction from God because you can't do nothing without him. So if you live in this life and you don't have the direction that comes from him, what are you doing? So this is a part of the pruning process. And so he's telling them and he's giving them all this stuff because he knows he's not confused. He's not, um, he's not uncertain. Jesus knows that the fruit that the apostles are going to bear is going to be weighty. The fruit that the apostles are going to bear are going to give us this. The fruit that the apostles are going to bear is going to set up the church in the rest of the world. And he's saying, I got to let y'all know that this process is going to cut you down because you got to wait to carry. Same thing with us. There are things in life that God wants to take away because he don't want nothing taken away from the energy that he's providing you. There are things in God that he going to cleanse off of you because he's already seen you free. There are things in God that he's going to use that the fruit of your life is going to be so weighty that it's going to make a difference in somebody else's life. He said you are the, you're the light. You're a light. You're a city set on a hill. That's weighty. Somebody look at you and see the light of Jesus. That's weighty. That means that when they look at you and see that light and then they look at you tomorrow, the light needs to still be on. <laughs> Amen? Here's that Motel 6. The light always on? No? Y'all too bougie for that, huh? <laughs> going to Motel 6. I ain't going either. But the light is always on. And he's trying to get you to that place. He knows. The Bible says he knows our frame. He knows we're dust. He knows where we're strong. He knows where we're weak. And he's trying to get us to a stronger place. He's trying to strengthen that root system so that when I send you where I'm sending you, so that when I put you in different places with different people and my fruit is hanging on you, you're strong enough to represent. You're strong enough to represent. You ain't wild and weak. You're strong enough to represent. That's a grapevine behind me. Yes, full of, full of grapes. This is what it looked like when you get to the place of bearing fruit. And he said, when you bear fruit, you're looking good like that. That's beautiful for a season, and you're going to be able to harvest those grapes, and then guess what he's going to come back and do? Prune it again. <laughs> he's going to prune it again. It is a forever process. Because the fruit is the, the evidence that I've been growing and that I've been abiding. 
The fruit is the evidence that I've been growing and that I've been abiding. The fruit is the evidence that I stayed faithful when it was hard. The fruit is the evidence is that I stayed with it when I wasn't right. <laughs> the fruit is the evidence that I stuck with God and he surely stuck with me. And now y'all can see it, right? But you got to be pruned before you get there. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me. This is a very serious conversation that Jesus is having. It's, it has promise and warning locked up in the same conversation. The promise is you are already clean. I already see you free. The promise is if you abide in me, not only are you going to have fruit, you're going to have much fruit. The, 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 the warning is you can't do nothing without me. Here's the other warning. If anyone does not abide in me, the well stay with me. Fellowship in my presence. He is cast out as a branch. Because what happens when vine dressers cut all that stuff off is that most of the time they go burn it. He said he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather, him, gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. As much love as Jesus speaks with, he also gives certain warning. If you do not abide in me, it's already paid for. There is nothing holding you back. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. We've talked about that on several occasions. But if you so choose not to abide, and that's your right, then he says that that branch is taken away and burned. He says, if, and he's talking to the disciples, but he's also talking down through time to us. If, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Not silly desires. Because here's, here's the thing what Jesus already, it's kind of like a little secret in there. Because we've been taught sometimes to just say we want stuff in Jesus' name and it's supposed to come. That's a lie. You tried it. Did it work? No. Exactly. <laughs> you go to the ATM, in Jesus' name, $50 come out. It didn't work. The secret is, abide in me. Because the same way Jesus abided in the Father and he got his direction, that's how you're going to get direction. That's how you're going to get instruction. That's how you're going to know what to ask for. And you ain't going to be asking crazy stuff. Because if you abide in me, I'd have told you a no in prayer and you wouldn't even have to waste your time on that. Abide in me. And after you've abided in me and we, we are in communion together, there are some things that you can ask God for. And he said, oh, yeah, I can do that. I've already done that. You asking for stuff I already have for you, you see? He said, ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you if you abide in me. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. 
Growth is a secret of discipleship, but you gotta stick with it when you don't see nothing. You have got to see, stick with it when you don't feel nothing. You have got to stick with it when you got all kind of questions. You got to stick with it when you don't understand. You got to stick with it when you're not comfortable. Because just because it looked bare don't mean God ain't moving. It could be year two. Then year three, who knows? It's Just come right on out and the world be like, oh my God, look at her. She's so anointed. You're like, yes, well, you know. I've been through some stuff for this. <laughs> it's the secret of discipleship is growth and sticking with it. Francis Chan is an author that I read and I like a lot. And he talks, we, well, we weren't talking. Well, I, I was listening. He was talking. But I took it like we was talking. And um, Francis Chan told the story, and I just, I can't even paraphrase it. I just need to say what, what he says because it has to do with abiding. And it has to do with some of the hindrances to abiding and to discipleship sometime. And he, he was talking to this foreign minister, and the minister was from overseas. I don't remember which country. And he called him because he heard that one of our faith leaders in America, one of the major pastors in America, had failed. And he was crying. And he was like, I don't understand, you know, what y'all doing. I don't understand what's going on in the American church. And he said, um, I feel like the people in your country are happy to meet Moses when they can walk up the mountain themselves and meet God. But they're not interested. That's why people ain't disciples. You're happy to meet Moses. It's cool to come in here and hear a word, but you're abiding like that 5 a.m. in Jesus, that's you walking up that mountain. And you have a right to walk up that mountain. Come boldly before the throne of grace. That is what Jesus has done. He has torn down the veil. You can go in now. And you don't, God uses me to help you, but you don't necessarily need me Monday through Saturday to go in. You can walk up that mountain yourself. But what this pastor said is he said, but sometimes it seems like Americans not interested. They just rather come hear Moses on Sunday. He was saying a pastor from India and so. You got to listen to the church around the world. They got something to say to the American church. He said, movements start when the founder knows Jesus deeply. That's how a movement get kicked off. But he said, movements die when the followers only know the founder. This ain't about me. This is about God. This is about God. I want you to walk up that mountain yourself. Monday through Sunday. And on Sunday, you can come here and hear what God has to say to you. But on Monday, get back in that abiding. Because that's what you're going to get. That's what's going to help you through the day-to-day stuff. That's what's going to help you through the uncertainty. And that's what's going to help you through feeling bad. That's what's going to help you through repentance. You don't just repent when you come to church on Sunday once a week. You think we sin once a week? Huh? No, repentance needs to be a daily situation. God forgive me. That's a part of that abiding. And the ultimate thing is that Jesus promised that when you wear that fruit in this world, 
that the Father would be glorified. They know you with God. They know you with God. They know you with God, and you know you with God because you don't stuck through this thing. <laughs> You're going to have much fruit. And then you're going to be for sure, for sure, for real, my disciples. That's all I wanted to share this morning. Bow your heads, we're going to pray. God, we thank you that you're such a great teacher, Jesus. You give us practical things. God, I pray right now for everybody under the sound of my voice that you will begin to show them the growth that you've already given them. God, they don't give themselves credit for areas you've already grown them in. You've taken them so far already. God, and they might not recognize and honor their growth, but guess who does? The enemy sees their growth. He knows every step that you, they take away from him. God, we thank you for growing. We thank you for knowing more than we knew before. God, we thank you for staying longer than we used to stay before. God, we thank you for holding on and not dropping down in depression and as long as we used to before. We thank you that we step over anxiety, God, quicker than we did before. God, we thank you. We don't snap as quickly as we did before in its growth. And even when it looks bare, you're moving. And even when you're pruning, you're moving. And that source, the vine that is Jesus Christ, is giving us the life energy we need to grow and to ultimately bear fruit. We pray we have the kind of fruit that glorifies the Father. We pray we have the kind of fruit that glorifies the Father. And we thank you for moving in this process, God. No one can snatch anything out of your hand. And your arms are not too short. So there is no circumstance, situation, or problem that will hinder this process. If anything, the Bible says that all things work, to the, work together to the good. So whatever it is, God will work it into the plan for your good and growth. Father, we thank you keep our minds on growth this week help us to abide this week help us not be distracted lord help us make time for you we're going to walk up that mountain this week god by ourselves god we thank you for this word let it settle in our hearts in jesus name amen amen thank you for joining us if you enjoyed this podcast subscribe and share we would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus Ministries. If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministries, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.